Hey, line for line, ain't no comp in this rap neither. Line for line, they keep doing numbers. I gave them the game, trust we live for the summer. Got doctors and artists and athletic speakers. Come learn from my come up, I'm better in peace. I'm in love with the grind, I'm in love with the culture. Do this for the fam, do this for Kenosha. You know I got your Kenosha. If you got the vision, then come a look closer. Let's get it together. Line for line with the soldiers. I'm in love with the grind, I'm in love with the culture. Do this for the fam. All right. Just like that, we are back on Line for Line. Another special episode. Today, we will be going over our Bears report. We have Lester in the building. Lester, how you doing today? Doing good. How about you? Man, I'm hanging in there. Um, it's a little bit chilly outside, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Right? Getting down because of the weather. But other than that, I'm actually doing pretty good, man. It could be worse. It's this time of year. It's you yeah. know, It was like 50s yesterday, right? So. Yeah. On Friday, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Um, was it on Thursday? Didn't it go up like during the day, but then it dropped yeah, back down in yeah. the afternoon? I was inside that's of the Midwest. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Wisconsin. If for you. you don't like the weather, just, yeah. just wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me something new since our last time we saw each other, sir. Ah, man, you know, just having good. You know, I had a nice Thanksgiving. You know, uh, the, the, the family all came over. Uh-huh. You know, so it was uh, the holiday season is always cool. You get yeah. a chance to see family, and it's uh, everyone comes together. And, and, and what did you and end up it. cooking? Uh, I don't cook. Actually, you know what? I, my, my wife worked Thanksgiving, so I actually did cook Ooh. on Thanksgiving. Chili cheese dogs is what, what? I had for Thanksgiving. Let's go. <laughs> Ch- chili cheese dogs and football. So, yeah. And then on the actual Thanksgiving day, that, that's my wife's thing. She loves Thanksgiving holidays. She loves yeah. Thanksgiving cooking. So she does, you know, turkey stuffing, Ooh. you know, mashed potatoes, yeah, we, the whole deal. The only, the only thing I do is I peel the potatoes. That's what's up. And that's cut them up. up and, you know, but but everything else, the bird, that's all her. Yeah. What did you think of that Bears game Thanksgiving? Yeah. I wanted them to lose that game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I, I was talking about I'm, 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 my, my podcast uh, earlier the week was as a fan. I can never root for a, a Bears loss. Yeah, you know, I want to see him win no matter what. But the big picture is a loss would have helped further along getting rid of Nagy, getting mm-hmm. rid of Pace, possibly. You know, making the the wholesale changes that the franchise needs. So I get the big picture that a loss would have been better, but. It was fun watching my favorite team win a football game. Yeah. Where do you think we're at when it comes to the firing of Nagy yeah, and Pace? I think Pace is safe. Pace uh, Bill Zimmerman, who hosts one of, the, one of the pods on our channels, he's talked to three prominent uh, guys in the Chicago media uh, on his podcast, and all three seem to think you know, if the vibe they get is Ryan Pace is going to stick around, whether that's going to be still GM maybe bumped up to a different role, uh, a presidential overseer role, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they all believe Pace is probably safe. Nagy's got to be gone. you know. This year? Well, like this year they finally had the rule in place where if you f- fire your head coach before the end of the season, you can start searching for a new head coach week 17. Nice. That never was the case. It always was you had to wait till the season ended. Get, you know, Black then, Monday? See, yeah, Black Monday. So, <laughs> so now it is if your coach is gone – you can start interviewing people. So so let's just say the Bears do fire Nagy in, in season, which is something the Bears have never done. Now, week 17, let's say the Bills have things wrapped up and they want to interview uh, their, their their OC Brian Dable, you know, mm-hmm. for, for the Bears head coaching vacancy. If the Bills are cool with it and, you know, they can let them go have a quick interview just to kind of start, you know, start planting the seeds of your new coach before the season ends, I think. It barring a miraculous finish to the Bears season, which none of us see happening, uh-huh. I think Nag is gone a little before the season ends. So, where do you think those rumors came about Nagy's gone after Thanksgiving, whether it's a win or a loss? From what I understand, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to what our, our guy Bill said on his podcast. He has a 
He has a few league sources that he talks to. He's actually the uh, exec producer of the Mad Dog Sirius XM radio show. So, okay. so he, he he knows people. Okay, he doesn't always report stuff, but but he knows people. And and on his podcast, he said that from his sources, you know, it's just kind of it seems like that there was a report out there. You know, maybe the guy got some bad information. He didn't hear anything that it was a, a, a firing was imminent. You know, but you know. The other stuff I've heard from piecing around here and some stuff on Chicago radio and stuff is, you know, there probably was a, a source that told uh, Conkle, the, the reporter for the patch.com, that they're going to fire him. He ran with the story. But, you know, that source could have been someone he trusts, which is why he ran with the story. Mm-hmm. But that source could have been someone who didn't really know everything, maybe a board member on the Bears, you know, maybe a, a staffer that heard something. So yeah. I, I just couldn't see that ever happening. I mean, think about it. Hey, Matt Nagy, you know, we're going to fire you. But, <laughs> but stick around for one more game. I mean, that, that's, that, that's, I mean, the Bears have done some really stupid stuff through the years in the, in the franchise organization, uh-huh. but that would have been the stupidest. Yeah, because when I heard of it, I said, that doesn't make sense because who would want to come in there and do their best when it comes yeah. to coaching, knowing no matter what, they're going to yeah. be gone. And just think of how much that disrupts the locker room. And then, of know? course, the Bears bungled the whole situation. You know, once the news broke, the Bears should have came out and said right away, hey, this story is not true. You know, we stand behind Matt Nagy right now, and, and he's the head coach of the Bears. Mm-hmm. But the Bears didn't say anything, so they kind of let Matt Nagy kind of just sit there. And then, of course, the, the first press conference they have, the way the lineup was, Nagy didn't speak first. Mm-hmm. It was special teams coach Chris Tabor spoke first, who was the interim coach when Nagy was on the COVID list. So now the media, of course, they're letting, you know, know, it's not Nagy, it's Tabor. It's true. So it was just the the Bears just, you know, uh, I don't want to blame the the person in charge of PR because that's not fair. Mm -hmm. Um, That's an organizational thing from the McCaskies, maybe Ryan Pace. Someone should have said something, done something, you know, kind of nixed that whole story before it blew up. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing they really said was they didn't want to, you know, pay it any credence because it was a smaller site, the patch.com. Yes. But the person who reported it was a Pulitzer Prize winning winning journalist. You know, he had been with other bigger organizations. So the fact that it was that it carried some weight, it got play on all the websites, you know, it was covered by us. Mm-hmm. It got play on all, all, the, all the sports radio shows. It got carried nationally. So it became a big story. And the Bears just sit on their hands. Yeah. But how much of that do you think goes into all press is good press? You know, because the Bears probably looked at it and said, well, look at it. We're still being talked about. And <laughs> no, seriously. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And it, they're yeah. like, well, let's not have Matt Nagy speak first just so we can give them the that buzz. gift. Or get, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there was a couple of meetings that got canceled by yeah. on Nagy's end and everything like that. So how much of it do you think they're saying, okay, let's play into their hands and let, let's create more of a show? It's possible. With the Bears, I would never put anything past them. You know, they they, they do a lot of ridiculous stuff. You know, mm-hmm. from the front office, and you know that that is very possible. You know, I never thought of it that angle, but again, with the Bears, like you said, they mentioned that there were some meetings canceled, mm-hmm. and and Matt Nagy addressed that later in the week. Again, if they would have addressed this earlier, they could have nixed it. But he addressed it later. He said, with with the short week with them playing on Thursday, that's common procedure. They don't usually have those meetings anyway. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it came out that they were canceled. You know, Matt Nagy was a little pissed off in the presser because that 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 took a a, a big thing through the media. But he said it was nothing, no yeah. big deal. So again, he, oh, he says a lot t- of t- things. typical Bears, yeah. man. This is how it is. <laughs> what did you What did you think of the offense and defense from that game? Because obviously, we did see Justin Fields go down with the rib injury. What did, What did you see there? What did you think with that? Yeah, with Andy Dalton in the game, he had the whole start. 
he's a serviceable pro. He he, he is exactly the guy he is. Mm-hmm. It's funny because you know as the game was going on, people were thinking, oh, he sucks. Then it's oh, he's great. Oh, he sucks. Like that's Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. He's up and down at this point in his career. You know, he's not the same you know Pro Bowl guy he was in, in, when he was younger. Even then, he was still kind of like you know based on what the team was around him. AJ Green, yeah, you know, he I mean, good tight end. He's a, he's a decent professional quarterback at this stage in his career. Um, more so decent than what we have had. Yeah, right. for sure, for sure. But but again, at the end of the day, he's not the future. He, he's not nothing to get excited for. Mm-hmm. You know, I, of course, I want to see Justin Fields play at this point. I think it's uh, better for the for the franchise, better for his development. Mm-hmm. But Andy Dalton was fine. I mean, he had three hundred yards passing. He had a dumb interception. He had a touchdown pass, I believe. So he was okay. Um, the Bears won the game. Defense, you know, was okay. They were giving up a lot of short stuff. It's funny because you have. Safety Eddie Jackson is back, and he's been criticized all season, right? You know, he made some really stupid comments earlier in the offseason. Everybody could tackle. You know, so <laughs> they got taken out of context. I kind of saw where he was going with that with that quote, but you can't say that, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like, him being back, he does a lot of stuff in the back end that just doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. He's not getting the picks. He's not getting the forced fumbles. not getting the fumble recoveries. He's not getting the touchdowns. You know, but as far as his coverage skills, he helps, and maybe that was why the Lions had to go short so much because he was taking on more of the deep stuff. Nice, nice. Now we did see Roquan go down with yeah. a hamstring as well, too. What information do you have on that? He was hurt all week, and then all of a sudden Friday, a video pops up of him working out. So nice. The beat writers seem to think that there's a chance he plays. He's listed as questionable uh, for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if if the field's really sloppy, I talked about this uh, on, on, on my podcast uh, last night. If the field's really sloppy, you know you don't want a guy with a with a sensitive muscle injury because mm-hmm. that's when pulls happen, strains happen. So if the hamstring is healed, play him. If there's anything you know still lingering, I think you got to sit him. Yeah, and that's that's crazy because we already lost Trevathan. They put him on IR, correct? Mm-hmm. Who was they brought um back Ogletree to step step back in the role? Yeah, he, he's still there. He missed the game, but he's okay now, and uh, he's been in there. Uh, Christian Jones on the roster still. They brought over uh, a former Bear signed this year, former Lion. He's okay in there. They also played Caleb Johnson, the undrafted uh, free agent rookie, last week a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's really green. I mean, he, he's coming from, uh, I can't remember the college, but he's the, he's the uh, Texas Christian Baptist something, Southern uh-huh. University, something like that. But he's the first ever pro football player from that college, so... It gives you an idea of the college he came from. It's a small college, you know, but he's he's been good on special teams. But I'd rather not see him getting any meaningful defensive reps. So hopefully, you know, Roquan is good. If not, then hopefully Christian Jones and Ogletree can hold it down. Now, what did you think when you saw that they did pull Kendall Vildor? That's about time, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the passer rating is not the the greatest stat. I mean, it's 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 something we talk about, you know, because. We all know what it is. We understand if you if your pass rating is low, it's you had a bad game. Mm-hmm. There's more nuance to it than that, but his pass rating when opposing quarterbacks target him was was almost perfect. It was like 150. It's like <laughs> you know he just he just can't cover. I mean, again, he's out there. It's not his fault. He's out there. He's doing what he can do. Yeah. He's a fifth round draft pick. You know, he's a little shorter to play outside corner. 
they had to make a move. Him and, and Duke Shelley are both horrible. Duke Shelley's on IR. He wasn't doing very good in nickel. He was getting eight. Up. This goes back to Ryan Pace. I mean, this is the this is the <laughs> secondary, you know, that he put together. Mm-hmm. And and whether the coaches were banging their table saying, "Hey, man, we, you got to get us some better people," and he just said, "Nah, this is it." Or if the coaches said, "We're fine. We can win with Vildor and Shelley." Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then the coaches are idiots too, because you know <laughs> they it's did just speak rough. highly on both of those players, though. Like at that, the draft, that's their job. I, that's, <laughs> We, we 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 you know our guys are great. We love our guys. You know that's 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 their job. Yeah, and we still didn't see Allen Robinson out there either. What information do you have on him and his return? Uh, no practice again. He got hurt in the Steelers game. Uh, what three four weeks now back? So uh, hamstring, nothing. No practice. No nothing. He's listed as doubtful. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what's the what, what's the point of playing him? I don't see it. Now with the Allen Robinson situation, I'm not a conspiracy theory or anything like that, but just help me understand this because I look at it like this. like They're basically pushing him out of Chicago just so he doesn't get the major contract because obviously you see his targets have went down. You know, They're not putting him on the field as much. Like, Do you think any of that has ha- comes into play when it comes to like a situation like that? Where it's possible. People are looking for their contract? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, he, he's playing the franchise tag. He's, he's getting paid good this year, $18.5 mm-hmm. I think it is. So, you know, the Bears made a decision. You know, there was a contract on the table at one point a couple years back. Mm-hmm. You know, Heath felt it wasn't uh, the best contract. You know, you know how the game, they, they negotiate. And then all of a sudden, uh, Cooper Cup got extended. Uh, Cooper got extended from the Cowboys. You know, some big money contracts went out to receivers. Mm-hmm. So A-Rob and his people are like, hey, you know, we deserve this kind of money, a, a five-year, $100 million contract. You know, th- th- that's what they wanted. So I'm not sure what they came back to the Bears with. The Bears said, no, that's that's too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole pandemic hit. Everything kind of got got stopped uh, from, from, from from that aspect. They waited. Uh, they kind of tabled it. They knew they had the franchise tag in their pocket. So if they didn't get him deal assigned uh, to a contract, they had at least had him for this year. Mm-hmm. That's the route they took. And then uh, you know his agent's been on Twitter you know, chirping. He actually is no, no longer on Twitter because you know people Bears fans, how you know Bears fans are, they go at him. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, he's private on Twitter. Oh no, <laughs> you know, but you know the writing's in the wall. He's gone. He's gone. I mean, it's and how much do you think he's worth? I like him. I think he's a good football player. I don't think he deserves the contract that his people think he deserves. He, really? He, I mean, he's he's a number one, mm-hmm. but he's not a DeAndre Hopkins number one. You know, he's not a Julio Jones type number one. He's he's like that next tier down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of better football players than him. He, he does a lot of things good for you. But if I'm going to pay, you know, elite money, I want a guy that's making elite plays on the field. And, you know, he, like I said, he does a lot of things good for you. But he's not at that level, in my opinion. But check this out, though. Who's the best quarterback you would say Allen Robertson has ever uh, had? Andy Dalton, probably. Andy Dalton. I mean, look at the head. Blake Bortles. Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, do you, let's say he was with Aaron Rodgers for his career or anything oh, yeah. like that. Now would he be that elite guy? I, I think his numbers would be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, again, like we talk about like a guy like a like, DK Metcalf, you know, physically imposing, go up and get it, you know, speed. You know, Allen Robinson doesn't have elite speed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have elite athleticism. You know, he has really good hands, which is, you know, obviously something you want at the position. But, you know, he just doesn't, to me, again, he doesn't make those elite plays like, you know, where he's not a guy that you have to stop him. He gets open because he's a smart route runner, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, this last year, we haven't really seen that because, 
you know, I don't know if defense is trying to take that from him more, um, but the, the separation's not there as we've seen in the past. You know, maybe the hamstring was bugging him before. We don't know about that. Again, I like him. I just wouldn't pay him yeah. ridiculous money. Like, I just think that they game plan him <clears throat> out of the situation because obviously they don't want to give him that big contract. Because yeah. let's just say he came in this year and balled out like a dog like he has been doing. Then what what choice do you have? Well, then they, they could franchise him? tag him twice. I mean, yeah. you're, you're allowed to hit him with a tag twice. So I forgot about that. So yeah. if, if it would have been that big of a season and they really, really wanted him back, I think they would have done it. But I, I just think that they see Darnell Mooney – He's not a number one, though. Not to cut you off. Not to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. Same. I yeah. like Mooney. I don't think he's a number one either. He mm-hmm. doesn't do anything elite for you. Yeah. The one thing he does have that A-Rob doesn't is he have he, he does have four, you know, four three speed. He's, mm-hmm. he's fast enough. But in the Bears offense, you know, they're running all these damn hooks and curls and <laughs> stagnant routes. You know, they're yeah. not really doing enough with him. We're starting to see a few plays mm-hmm. where they're getting him on the move on those deep crossers where he'd be, where he's hitting stride. We're seeing more of that. About time. But it's like, you know. Like, like you, I don't think he's a one. I think he, he may be develop into that, but he needs to get stronger. He needs to get a little more physical. And, um, yeah. Hands, got to work on his hands. He needs to spend an entire offseason with a jugs machine, which he does. He's a hard worker on the offseason. He does that stuff. Uh, him and Justin Fields have a good rapport. They they really, they, they, they did some, work, some stuff on the offseason as well. So maybe he can become that guy, but I think the Bears next year need to target a receiver. Yeah, I hope that he does not become that guy because they're going to get him hurt. Because if you look at those smaller receivers like that, who you have at the one and two and you force feed them, let's say for the Bears instance, for when they had Taylor Gabriel in there, Taylor Gabriel's not a number two. He's he's a straight slot guy, you know? And then you put him at the number two and you're giving him 12 to 15 targets a game, it's going to wear down on yeah. him and he's going to get hurt because he's not he should not be getting hit that many times, yeah. you know? So I hope they don't try to force Darnell Mooney into that role. And like you said, they need to go out and get someone. With that being said, Who's out there, or do you go to the draft? How do you go about replacing a, a presence like Allen Robinson? Well, they're going to lose a few receivers this offseason, so they're going to have to get someone in the free agency. Um, I, I don't know if they'll get, go look for big money for somewhere. Uh, I know you know Green Bay's uh, Adams is a free agent. I can't see him leaving unless, of course, they blow it up, which could happen if Rodgers does leave. They may blow the whole thing up there, and then he may go away as a free agent. He's he is one of those guys you pay that elite money to. He's mm-hmm. you know he's a stud. You go that route, but I think you also got to draft somebody. I know Bears fans are sick of hearing seeing Ryan Pace draft receivers early, but yeah, the Bears' first pick is in the second round because, of course, of the trade. Mm-hmm. But if there's a, a top receiver that they feel has those elite traits sitting there in the second round, I think they got to get him. Yeah, so you, you're fine with that first. pick? I, I mean, I'd be fine. I mean, I, I'd like it to be a corner, but you know, this isn't a perfect world. You know, <laughs> some sometimes the best player available at that spot is a receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, I'm not really big on drafting receivers too high unless they have those traits. But the, the last few years, you know, the there's been really good receiver classes, and they've been a little top heavy. Where like the, the first, you know, four, five, six guys are really good. Mm-hmm. You know, you can find good guys late too, but. You know, if you get a guy like AJ Brown, you know, if there's someone like that sitting up there that in that area, yeah, you got to make a decision. Yeah, sir. So, is like you said, they're going to lose a couple of receivers. It's just so hard to believe that they let a couple people walk, like Javon Wims. They got rid of Miller. You know, so what's next for their whole offense? You know, what are the main pieces that you see them needing? Uh, the main pieces sticking around is the run game. I mean, they got Montgomery. They got Herbert under contract. You know, they'll be fine. Uh, Cole Komet, you know, th- this staff really leaves in Cole Komet. I like Cole Komet. I think he's a good tight end. 
Uh, he's not Travis Kelsey. He's not Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not the uh, the the move tight end like Zach Ertz. You know, he's more inline, old school. Mm-hmm. But there's a value in that in the NFL if you use him correctly. And they don't Matt Nagy like doesn't them. use him correctly. Exactly. So yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's again it all goes back to coaching. It goes back to the scheme. And you know, this is another big reason why I think Nagy's gone. I think next year's coach, whoever it may be, next year's scheme, whatever it may be. They're going to utilize these players a little better, and and we should see the the best from combat, uh, the best can, from Justin Fields. Can you see Jimmy Graham sticking around another year? Or nah. to- well, it's funny because Ryan Pace, of course, you know he got the big money deal, and then of course he added void years on, which basically is take some money from this year, push it into the future. So technically, his this is last year, mm-hmm. but technically there's still money on the books for the next couple years as well because the way they did those void years. So if he does enough to close out the season. To where the the they want to bring him back, they can rework some money, and you know there's already money in the books anyway. So maybe that happens. He likes Chicago. He likes working with Cole Komet. He likes the city. Maybe he stays. I like him there. I like him there. I, I, I like him. I don't like him at that money. Yeah, you know, it's very you know, true. Because they you know, did overpay him. Yeah, I mean he he is a he's again he's a red zone threat. You know he can do that kind of stuff for you. Uh, I, I like him in that role. I, I like him in the Royals and now, you know, 20 snaps a game, mm-hmm. you know, but then you look at the paycheck and you're like, man, you know, for that kind of money, that's that's a lot, you know, that's yeah. a premium. Yeah. So if he was making, you know, closer to, to what his production dictates, I think he's a fine backup tight end at that spot. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely feel that. So obviously we're still talking about players that will be around or won't be around. Khalil Mack. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, he's he, his, really? his, his contract is so... His contract's to the point where you really he's tradable, mm-hmm. but it has to be the right situation. But he, he's he's just so good. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate he was having an outstanding year. Like, you know, he he's always been the same guy, but he was getting sacks this year. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's close every year. His his TFLs are high every year. You know, he's great at setting the edge every year, but those things aren't sexy as sacks. Everyone wants the sacks. Yeah. All we want to see is sacks. Mm-hmm. And this year he had like f- five or six in the, in the first part of the season. You know, he was on the roll. You know, uh, uh, Quinn on the other side was doing his thing too, so it was a good mix there. And then he gets hurt, and you're like, "Oh man, here we go again." So, yeah. you know, it's his, he's, a, he's a physical player. He plays a physical physical style of football. You know, he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Yes, because this is his fourth year on, under fourth the year deal. in Chicago. They gave him a four year deal, right? Oh uh, no, it's uh, he got an extension when, oh, when he did. the Bears brought him over. Okay, gotcha, and then, gotcha. then they, they reworked his deal, so. Um, I saw something go across Twitter. Brad Spielberger, who works for Pro Football Focus, uh, he, he did some stuff for Over the Cap. I saw a tweet from him. I think it was him. Anyway, I just plugged it if it wasn't. So um, <laughs> it was max contract next year's. You could rework it a little bit to save a little cap space. So Nice. So that that's a possibility, too. Do you see them bringing Quinn back to set the edge with them? Yeah, he's in, he has, I think, three more years on the deal. Oh, he does? Okay, yeah. good. Okay, his, so he, he, he does have an out of his contract. You know how Ryan Pace likes to make those where guaranteed up front quick, so if you is a problem, you can get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinn does have an out, but you know he's got 11 sacks. so He's he, balling. Yeah. He may even go to the Pro Bowl just off his numbers alone. He may go to the Pro Bowl. He may set the Bears' all-time sack record. He's chasing it now. Richard Dent has it with 17 and a half. Yeah. Um, Quinn has 11. There's what six games, seven games, six games, six games. Left. So he's got a shot at the Bears' all-time sack record. You think he'll do it? 
think there's a chance. I mean, he gets his sacks in bunches. Yeah. You know, there are a couple uh, uh, bad left tackles on the schedule coming up. <laughs> um, there's a couple of um, uh, a guy like Kyler Murray. You know, he does take some sacks because he likes to stand in the pocket and, and, and make some plays. Yeah, so right. maybe he gets, you know, gets a, a couple of uh, cleanup sacks on Murray. So it's yeah. possible. Now, there's one more guy I want to talk about before we talk about the golden child. Tariq Cohen, what is up? Man. Help me understand. Because David Bakhtiari, if I'm saying that right, is well along with his with his process, and he's a bigger guy, a lineman. Like, so just help me understand what's up with that. This is the Bears, again, being trying to be secretive. Mm-hmm. There's been nothing reported. I mean, a couple of the beat writers have speculated that there may have been a setback in his rehab. I was just about to say. You know, I'm not sure if it was a second surgery, another cleanup. But again, going back to the Bears organization, if that happened, announce it to the fans, announce mm-hmm. it to the media, you know, end that speculation because now it, it shines poorly on the player. Mm-hmm. People think, oh, Cohen's soft because he's not back yet. And it's like, come on, if there was a, a setback or a surgery, you make that announcement and you let everyone know. I mean, the, the player could say something, obviously, but, you know, he doesn't want to go against, you know, that. I don't know. It's like, and like I said earlier, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. But you I know think what I think might be a little no. bit. <laughs> you know what I think it is though, because like he, he's a goofy guy. He likes playing with his friends and going yeah. out to different fields, playing football. And so I, I think it, I just me, I think it was something like that where he tried to rush back too soon by doing work on his own or whatever like that, and didn't realize what he was doing to his body. And then that's that's how it's it possible. Came about. You know, these these guys work on their own, and mm-hmm. you know it's. I think the NFL has a rule where if you if you get hurt working out on your own, there's something with how the how it's covered. Oh, really? So, uh, uh, you know, don't quote me on that, but I think there's something where it's a different kind of injury if it happens away from the facility or at the facility. So it's possible maybe something happened when he's working out on his own, and the Bears yeah. just kind of like letting it be quiet for that reason. Because I saw him take down a lot of his posts on like Instagram and Twitter and everything like that, and I was like, I'm willing to bet it was something along those lines right there. Yeah, a lot of athletes, though, when they, when they play the game on social media, you know, it gets to you. Yeah. I mean, it gets to all of us on social media. There's so many trolls out there, and I can't imagine being at the level of pro athletes at because. And I saw him going constant. at it. He was yeah. going at people on Twitter. He was like, why, why would I purposely sit out if I'm oh, not ready man, to come like, back? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as we get ready to close out, you know the golden child, Tevin Jenkins. Like, what's the news on that, and what type of insight do you have on that? Everyone says that it's uh, he's going to be activated today. You know, mm-hmm. probably it may happen right now as we're sitting here in this room. He may be activated, but uh, they said it's going to happen. It's not official once it is. He'll be out there. I mean, I can't see him playing this first week, but oh, you don't see him playing tomorrow. I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's possible that they uh, maybe put him at some special teams, uh, let let him do the extra point and field goal just to get some some physicality in there. But uh-huh. you know, the way the Bears O line is playing, the Bears O line is not a train wreck right now, especially at his position. You know, Jason Peters is playing okay, Larry Bourne's playing okay. Um, Peters is thirty nine though. I can't see him. Staying healthy. The fact that he's been healthy this long is is pretty good for him. I mean, that's that's good. Especially you know he had no offseason, didn't train. So if Peters goes down, I think you have to put in Jenkins. Maybe in a few games you can find out a way to get him some reps here and there, a couple series here. And, hey, go play left tackle for the series. You know, for 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 Peters. So yeah, but I think you have to see him this year to get some evaluation out of on tape. What do you think about that? Like for a player's development. Them constantly switching them around. Uh, the position, I hate it. Yeah. At offensive line, you you got to learn the technique. You got to learn the guy next to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so important on offensive line. You know, there are some guys that have to do it. 
a guy like Alex Bars, for example, mm-hmm. if Alex Bars couldn't learn and and really focus to play at multiple spots, he'd be would not be in the league right now, probably. Yeah, you know, a guy like Tevin Jenkins, though, you know, he was drafted to play tackle, uh, to play left tackle, you know, so you got to let him play left tackle. Yeah, yeah. Now let's just say he were to play tomorrow and give him a couple series. What would you expect from him, and what do you think we would see from him out there? I think he'd probably struggle. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 mean I, I was expecting him to struggle anyway. Really? Know, e- even as a rookie, rookie offensive tackles—they they go through their moments. You know, it's it's a different game. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's the speed of the game. You hear that all the time, and and you know, he was facing edge rushers at Oklahoma State. You know, some of those edge rushers are no longer playing football. I mean, they're you know working real jobs and, mm-hmm. and doing their other things. So, so now he's playing professionals. It's, you know, they have like, you know, years to work on their craft. You know, they have the, the, the moves and the counter moves and the counters to the counter moves and then they have a speed off the edge. So it's going to take them some time to get used to that. And, and I expect that to happen anyway. So now with him coming off, you know, a back surgery in, in mid August, you know, now here we are in December, you know, he's back. Yeah. He's practiced the last three weeks, but you know, he still needs some time to, mm. to, to, to knock off the rust. Yes, sir. And like I said, as we close it out, where could you see the Bears finishing this season? They might get a couple more wins, maybe. How yeah, many I mean, more? The Giants you? Giants suck. <laughs> so there's a good chance they win the Giants game. The uh, They got the Seahawks in Seattle. Vikings twice. They got the Vikings twice. You know, this is a big game for them. I mean, they, they're hanging on to these playoff hopes that they have. Stop. So don't mention that. Don't disrespect They're, they're in the hunt. You. They're don't, in the hunt. Don't disrespect <laughs> you. No, I mean, it's, I mean if, 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 hey, let's say they shock the world and they get a win this week. Change the narrative. Yeah. I, I don't see it happening. You know, but like you said, they do have the Vikings twice, and that's one of the teams they're chasing in the, in the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. But the Vikings are a better football team at this point. Way better. Yeah. yeah so How would that work, though? Because let's say they lose to the Vikings the first game. But then they beat them the second game. That wouldn't put them over them. It would. It would, it would depend on how they both finish out with their record, though, right? Yeah, I think the playoff is uh, the first tiebreakers head to head. The second tiebreaker is record within your division, mm-hmm. and I think the Vikings right now have a better record within the division. It could change. But oh yeah, because they did beat the Packers. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it, it could it could change, but but again, last year the Bears kind of lucked in because it was just them, the Cardinals, and the Rams. Mm-hmm. This year, the Bears, I think, right now, they're 14th. They're cha- they'd have to leapfrog six different teams. Yeah. So there's a lot of tiebreaker scenarios that would come into play. I, I just can't see it happening. I and hope it, it doesn't happen. And if the Bears are eliminated from the playoff contention, again, that's your natural time. Okay, we're out of the playoffs. Let's make a change. Let's get rid of Nagy now. Yeah. I think that's a natural time for it to happen. Can you so, see him being back in the league, Matt Nagy? Oh, yeah, he'll be back. I mean, he's got his connections in Kansas City with Andy Reid. Yeah, as a head coach, though? Nah, I mean... But he's an offensive genius, you said. Shit. Uh, not anymore. I mean, oh. <laughs> well, like, like, like that, that was his MO coming in. You know, he, he, he learned under Andy Reid, you know, the Andy Reid West Coast, you know, spread coast offensive style. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes speaks very highly of him. He says he helped him immensely as a rookie. Again, that helps his, you know, boost him up a little bit. But we've seen him now in the NFL first year. Offense was okay. Every year since then, it's been one of the worst offenses in the league. You know, whatever shine he had on that on that genius label, mm-hmm. it, it's like a, it's gone. Last question before we close out: Just help me understand what it is about the Bears' offense that just cannot click year after year after year. They do not move the ball down the field. The running game is 
excuse me, is always their goal, but it's like they just can't move the ball down the field. Like, what is it? I think it's just the organizational philosophy. You know, I mean, it's like every five, six, seven, eight years, the Bears have a decent offense. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw it with Mark Tressman, of all people. <laughs> you know, we, we, we saw, again, 2018 with Matt Nagy the first year. So, like, like every handful of years, something happens. Oh, okay, you know, they just have to embrace uh, the modern NFL uh, I think they're they're starting to to realize that with Justin Fields, you know. Hopefully, Justin Fields and his new coaching regime, whoever it may be, they come in and they realize that you know that that run the ball, play tough defense. I mean, that, that's old school, man. I mean, you can't win that way anymore. You know, it just doesn't happen. Oh my gosh, you're too funny. So, so we look for a change next next year. Got to be, got to be. Whether it's uh, Ryan Day, they they bring him a boatload of money. Um, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. I mean, for me, I don't really have. A, I mean, I, I've looked at. it. I don't have a true, true favorite. But if I if I had to make my guy right now, if it's a guy that hasn't coached before, I like Byron Leftwich. Oh my gosh! Yes, you know, I yes. just think he, he. You know, he he has worked with Tom Brady. You know, uh, he's seen that kind of quarterback play. He's worked with Bruce Arians. You know, he's called uh, plays for think three or four years now. He was OC before Arians, so I mean, he has you know done some stuff in the league without he, him. He wasn't a, a bum quarterback either. Yeah, he, he was in the league. He played in the league. You know, so again, with these guys that have never done it, it's hard to project them. I and mean, we saw with Nagy, it didn't work. You know, mm-hmm. we see it with a guy like uh, uh, Sean McVay. It works. I mean, some of these young coordinators when they get that next step. They don't know how to lead a whole team. They don't know how to understand all aspects of of what you have to do on your job. It's a projection. Um, as far as the guys that have done it before, I think a guy like Todd Bowles is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when he was in New York, uh, he had a good first year there, and then you know that he didn't have much help. He had no quarterback then. You know, his he had a lot of injuries then. The Jets again. Jets have been a train wreck for a long time. So. Of all the guys that have coached before that I think deserve a second chance, I think Todd Bowles could do it. Yes, sir. With that being said, young man, we just wrapped up another amazing episode of Lifeline. Appreciate you for stopping by. Anytime. Yes, sir. You calling or you listening, tune in every week. Lifeline. Oh, yeah, I'm going Lifeline.